Hello. Hello. I'm Sarah. <laughs> I'm Casey. And we are Relatively, Relatively Dark. hope you are still listening after another delay apologies we don't know what happened we listened back to our recordings to make sure that everything sounds good and then there Mm -hmm. was this weird static sound when we brought our voices up and it was we did not want to put y'all through having to listen to that we're still gonna see if we can salvage it but she had me listen to it and i think i made it about a minute Mm -hmm. and i was like this is horrible yep so, we apologize, but we would rather give you quality rather than quantity. Yep. So, also, if you ever hear any random little, sounds like a rattling sound, we can't figure out what it is. So, sorry for that, too. Yeah. We're sorry for everything. <laughs> Please forgive us. Yes, but we hope you did come back. Well, you are, if you did, if <laughs> you're listening. So, I had a case... Pretty much ready to go. Just had to do like the last little bit of stuff. And then I came across another documentary. And I was like, I'm going to watch that and get started on my next case. Well, I decided to completely switch and do (laughs) the one from the documentary now. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) But the documentary that I watched, it brought me to tears. The story is super captivating, I guess, Mm. as you could say it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I just felt compelled. This is the one I need to do. Yeah. This week. Not that the other one isn't, you know what I mean. I do. Um, Exactly. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you the story of Allison Botha. Okay. I've heard it pronounced Botha. I've heard it pronounced like Bolta. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Botha because I'm American and uncultured and that's the only way I know how to pronounce it. Uncultured swine. Yes, I am an uncultured swine. Um, I'll roll with this it. takes place in South Africa. Mm. So ahead of time, I apologize for all of my mispronunciations. I'm going to do the best that I can. I do want to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this. It discusses very brutal injuries. It discusses sexual assault. Pretty graphic. So if you're not in the headspace to hear that, you don't want to hear it. That's fine. Still love you. Yep. And, you know, see you next episode. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> We're going to talk about December 18th, 1994. Well. Which is our Maja's birthday. It is. Our mother's birthday. Some people don't know our language. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, on this night in 1994, 20-year-old, I almost said 24, sorry. <laughs> 20-year-old veterinary technology student, Tion Eilard, I think is how you say his name. Oh, okay. Eilard. That didn't sound right to me, so I'm going to say Allard. Okay. Tion Allard, he was out with his friends around 1 a.m. He was, like, out for the holiday, close to Christmas. So they're driving down the road, and then they see a woman lying in the road. Okay. This woman has no clothes on. She's super bloody, obviously has been through something horrific. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to help her. He grabs her hand, her hand, and he looks in her severely bloodshot eyes, and she can't speak. She's just staring at him. And he says, listen, you have nice eyes. I think that's just like his way of calming her, keeping her calm. You know what I mean? 
But luckily his friend had a cell phone. And this is in 1994, so not everybody yeah. had a cell phone then. So they called for help. And Tion said that the hospital was about 15 minutes away. Okay. The ambulance didn't get there until about 45 minutes later. Yeah. So. I've heard of that before. Kind of took their time. And Tion kept telling them in the ambulance to drive faster, drive faster. But they already knew that she wasn't going to make it. This woman that he had found in the road was 27-year-old Allison Botha. Mm-hmm. She was born September 22nd, 1967 in Port Elizabeth, South Africa, which is in the Eastern Cape. Her parents, Brian and Claire, divorced when she was 10. She wasn't great in school. She never really had, like, any dreams as far as what she wanted to do when she grew up and stuff. I guess they mean, like, you know, most kids, you know, they want to be a firefighter and I want to be a doctor. And yeah. she was just a kid. Yeah. She didn't have any dreams. Um, she took secretarial classes for a year after school and she spent four years overseas. I'm assuming just traveling, sightseeing, whatever. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to talk about what exactly happened on December 18th, 1994. Okay. Allison spent the day at the beach. It was the perfect summer day. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, summer, but South Africa. Gotcha. Um, she went home. She had pizza and played games with some friends. And she took one friend home. And whenever she got back to her house, this was around one in the morning, her parking spot was taken. So she mm-hmm. had to park a little further. The next thing she knew, there was a knife at her throat being held by a man that was standing outside her window. The man forced his way into her car, telling her to move or else he would kill her. Man. He told her that he didn't want to hurt her. He just wanted to use her car for about an hour. After driving for a while, he pulls over and picks up another guy that gets in the back seat. They eventually pull over into an alcove. The driver forces her to perform sexual acts on him. Mm-mm. He does the same to her, and then he rapes her. The other man then assaults her in the same way. Then they use a knife to brutally attack her, stabbing her in the abdomen roughly 37 times. Oh my gosh. They then proceed to slash her throat 17 times. What? And they left her there to die. Oh my gosh. As she laid there, slowly dying... To make sure they never did this to anyone else, Allison wrote in the sand the names of her attackers, Franz and Thins. Some people on the documentary pronounce his name as like Tints, but it was also like Thins, Thins. Okay. Doesn't matter because he's a turd. Right. And (laughs) underneath their names, she wrote, I love mom. Oh my gosh. So now we're going to jump back to when Tion found her and they get to the hospital. Okay. He held on to her hand until they got to the hospital. Mm. Her injuries. Her throat was sliced from ear to ear. Oh my gosh. Her trachea, her windpipe, mm-hmm. was severed. It was cut all the way through. Mm-mm. She was breathing through a hole just above her collarbones. She had been completely disemboweled. Oh my gosh. Her intestines and her bowels were contaminated with sand and lumps of charcoal. Oh my gosh. The doctor said that if she were to survive, which wasn't probable, it was unlikely that she'd ever have children. I mean, that's how bad her injuries were to her abdomen. Yeah. Dr. David Komen was an anesthesiologist. He gets a hold of the general surgeon that was on call, Dr. Dmitry Angelov. Dr. Komen told him that they needed to call an ENT surgeon too because of her throat. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but Dr. Angelov said he was trained as both an ENT surgeon and a general surgeon. Okay. And he said, quote, I can do this. And they did. Okay. She survived. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Dr. Angelov said, quote, I really don't have a scientific answer. Yes, we can debate and talk all the academic stuff. <laughs> we must accept that it is a miracle, end quote. Oh, yeah. And Dr. Komen said, quote, I've always thought it a bit of a cop-out to ascribe things that you don't understand to miracle. But these events most certainly has led me out of my strict scientific appreciation to believe that things happen for a reason. And that's probably a good definition of a miracle, end quote. Mm -hmm. So he's even skeptical of even using the word miracle. Mm -hmm. And he's still going to use it here, too. That is amazing. And the fact that I was thinking about how he said things happen for a reason. Mm Mm-hmm. And my first thought would be to catch the men who did this. Mm-hmm. But she wrote their names, and you'd think that might be enough to find them. Most people can't even identify who they are, let alone their names. So I wonder if that's even the reason. I'm curious what happens next. And the reason she knew their names is because they were calling each other by their name, mm-hmm. their real names. The driver, the one that first got in, he told her that his name was Clinton. Mm-hmm. Clinton. <laughs> and Kentucky. that was Franz. Oh, okay. So, I mean, they planned on killing her. They thought she would die. Yeah. They used their real names. (laughs) Anyways. That's insane. So, now we're going to go back to when they left her there to die. Okay. More from Allison's point of view, since she did live to tell her story. I was kind of wondering how you got all this information on exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. That's insane. I can already see why you wanted to be like, no, this is the one I'm telling. Yes. I wanted to do a survival story. Oh, yeah. Um... She did eventually write a book, and in the book, she described her stabbing. It said, quote, All I could see was an arm moving above my face, left and right and left and right. His movements were making a sound, a wet sound. It was the sound of my flesh being slashed open. He was cutting my throat with a knife again and again and again, end quote. Oh, my gosh. Can you even imagine? She said... After she was attacked, she left her body. Oh, wow. And the noise she was hearing from, like, her pulse and just the environment and stuff, she left her body and was, like, over it, and it was silent. She was getting ready to leave, but she was still close enough to where she could go back if she wanted to. She decided she wanted to fight. Oh, my gosh. So she said after they left her for dead, she realized that her legs were wet with something. And that's because her intestines were outside of her body from where they disemboweled her. So she grabbed a denim shirt that was nearby and used it to hold everything in. And she starts crawling using her other hand for, like, balance. Oh, my gosh. She said that she knew if she died, her mom would have all of these unanswered questions. And she couldn't do that to her mom. Oh, my goodness. After a while of crawling, she realized it was too awkward. Like, she just... She's holding her insides in. (laughs) Yeah. So she mustered up the strength and she stood up. And as soon as she stood up, everything went black. She put her hand up to her throat and her whole hand fit inside of her wound. Gosh. That's when she realized everything went black because her head had fallen back to her shoulder blades. My gosh. They had nearly decapitated her. Well, I was wondering that when you said it earlier. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So her head went back. That's why she couldn't see anymore. She grabbed her head and pulled it back. 
Oh. So she could see. My gosh. Yes. Then she stumbled to the road and collapsed. The oh strength of this gosh. woman. Holding in her intestines and her yeah. bowels. Her head holding it upright so she can see where she's going. I mean, it's one thing to even hear the story without having some kind of physical reaction, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never really been bothered by the gore, but I understand a lot of people are. Yeah. Let alone to be in that situation where you're the one. Mm -mm. Like, to me, even the just mental thought of all of that going on would be enough for me to pass out. Yes, Or the pain. Yeah. Which I'm sure she's in shock. Yeah, but... adrenaline maybe, but still. Mm-hmm. Shooey. This part of the documentary, which is like the very beginning of it, and it's called just Allison. I watched it on Amazon Prime. Okay. The reenactment of this, it is gut-wrenching. And it's... Man. You just need to watch it. Everybody okay. needs to watch it. <laughs> um. So then she gets to the road and she collapses. Okay. Well, before Tion and his friends stopped to help her, another car had stopped, but they sped off. What? Yeah. She said she was laying there, and she had a thought when that car stopped. She thought it could be them coming back to, like, finish the job, but yeah. she couldn't do anything. Whoever it was just sped off. I want to know who that was. Yeah. Whoever it was. Left her for dead. Yeah. So, in the documentary, Dr. Coleman, he broke down her injuries... And the actress that plays her, you know, in the reenactment and stuff like that, she's standing beside him and he goes through her injuries and what could have happened and basically Hmm. why this is such a miracle. Yeah. So first he talks about her neck, the blood vessels that supply blood to the brain. If they had been severed, she would have hemorrhaged and bled out in three to four minutes. Oh my gosh. But they weren't. And those are blood vessels, teeny tiny little things. Any one of them could have been hit. Slashed in the neck I mean, 17 times, almost decapitated, and it did not that, sever any of those blood vessels. Yeah, I mean, and even enough for her head to fall backwards. Yes. And those were still intact? Yes. God. Also, the nerves that supply the important organs, none of those were damaged either. Her it's chest insane. had multiple stab wounds, but none of them punctured her heart or her lungs. Oh my gosh. Her abdomen, where she was disemboweled, he used the word miracle saying that it was a miracle that she didn't get peritonitis and a severe infection that's what i thought even if she did survive all that stuff putting it back in there like Mm -hmm. you're not gonna that's not gonna be healthy anymore yeah and the dr coleman talked about dr angelov whenever he was doing it he was going through thoroughly cleaning her intestines her bowels and sometimes even taking a scrub brush to get every little bit of everything man um And also, all the stab wounds to her abdomen, none of them damaged any of her internal organs at all. It's almost like it was just cut open for them to fall out. Like it wasn't... Stabbed 37 times. No internal damage at all. Other than her bowels and her intestines. Were they damaged, though? I don't think so. I'm assuming they were just out and they were, like, contaminated, but... yeah. So, we can say that there was no internal damage with 37 stab wounds? Pretty sure, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So... I'm over here, like, jaw-dropping every few seconds, y'all. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Dr. Coleman, he stayed in the ICU that night with her. Oh, my gosh. And by Monday morning, both Franz de Toy and Thien's, I think it's Kruger, they were both in jail. Oh, my gosh. I'm assuming a lot of it was because their names were in the sand. Yeah. 
Um, the lead investigator on Allison's case was Detective Melvin Humple, mm-hmm. and he actually knew Franz from some of his previous arrests mm-hmm. for rape. Oh, gosh. Yep. Police showed Allison a folder filled with photos of possible suspects. Mm-hmm. She pointed to Franz and wrote down his name because she can't talk. Yeah. And she pointed to Thins and wrote down his name. Well, the police came back later after mm-hmm. that, and they told Dr. Komen that the case against Franz and Thins would be stronger if she could speak their names out loud. Okay. Well, she had a tube in her mouth that went down her throat to her lungs. Yeah. Because she had just had surgery to repair her trachea. Yeah. So Dr. Komen was super apprehensive about removing it. Right. Because he didn't want to undo all the work that they had just done. Right. Pretty sure this was the day after her surgery. So he explained what they told him to Allison, you know, to get her opinion, what she wanted to do. And she wrote down take it out. Oh my gosh. So when he took it out, the first thing she said was, that's wonderful. Oh wow. Then she said, my attackers were Franz and Thien's. Allison was eventually discharged from the hospital, but she had to go back every single day to have her injuries treated, especially the wound to her abdomen. They had to scrape it till it bled every day until new cells grew back. Oh my gosh. Uh, Later on, she had to have plastic surgery to repair stuff. Um, so remember how I told you that Franz had been arrested for rape? Mm-hmm. He always threatened to kill them if they went to the police. Yeah. The first victim came forward a week later. Oh my gosh. The second victim, who was pregnant at the time. Oh my gosh. Right after her attack, she ran straight to a police van and reported it. Okay. That's why they decided that they'd have to kill Allison. From what I understand, Thins wasn't a part of the other two rapes. But I guess they were still both, like, accomplices within other things. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't really know how to... Words are hard. Yeah. So, question. Mm-hmm. When you said that, you know, he always said that, you know, not to report her, they get killed or whatever. Mm-hmm. She, You said she came forward a week later. I thought you meant a week after Allison's oh, case. Oh, no. Sorry. That is what it sounds like. When she was attacked, she came forward a week after her attack. Yeah. To so report it. I, I get it now that you were saying that that was the reason behind the attempted murder of her when he just had rapes under his belt before. Yeah. Because they did come forward when he warned him not to. Yeah. I just don't understand why aren't these people kept behind bars? This is exactly what happens. You hear about it all the I time. Don't, I don't they know. raped somebody. They were let go. They raped somebody. They were let go. Yeah, they may have served some time, but eventually they are let go. And then they realize they can't let the next one live to tell what they did. Yeah. It happens all the time. Frustrating. Anyways. So (laughs) when, yeah, when Detective Humple had Franz come to the station, he told him, you're being charged with attempted murder. And Franz says, why attempted murder? And he says, because Allison is alive. (laughs) And he said that Franz was so surprised you could knock him over with a feather. (laughs) Franz said then, well, then there's nothing I can hide from you because she will obviously tell you everything that happened. He takes off a bloody ring. Oh, wow. Gives it to Humple and says, that belongs to Allison. Wow. Right? This guy. He's not even a guy. He's Ponsum. This creature, this evil thing. Side note, Franz had a wife and child. What? Mm-hmm. So he leaves them at home and then goes and does this. Mm-mm-mm. So, in South Africa, there's a law that states that the defendant must participate in an identification parade. They have to go to their perpetrator, 
put their hand on their shoulder, hold that position until a photo is taken so they have proof that the suspect has been pointed out by the victim. Oh my gosh. Which is like a messed up version of a police lineup. Yeah. But Detective Humple used one-way glass instead, which had never been done that way before huh. in South Africa, and now that's the norm. Well. I thought that was cool. He's like, yeah. no. Which is super messed up. Like, I wouldn't, something like that happened to me, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. Mm-mm-mm. No. Um, while awaiting trial, while he was in jail, Franz asked for a pastor. He wanted to have him cast out the demons that were in his body. Basically, he wanted an exorcism. Okay. He said he had two demons. One was Incubus and one was Succubus. Okay. If any of you know what those are... I don't. One is a female version of a demon that does things to somebody while they're asleep. And the other one is the male version. Okay. Basically, very generic, top-of-your-head type stuff. One's named Incubus and one's named Succubus. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But at one point, he mixed up the names of the demons. So then they're like, okay, this is just a ploy to, you know, oh, this is what's going on with me. This is what's wrong. Yeah. No, you're the demon. Um, Detective Humple is awesome. They're all awesome. Yeah. But before court, Humple told them, quote, you will see that I'm not going to handcuff you. I'm doing that for a reason. I want you to run. Make my day and run. Wow. And he also said, quote, I would have, without batting an eyelid, I would have shot them. I don't even hunt. I don't like hunting, so I don't like killing. But those two guys, I would have shot. Wow. And they never wore handcuffs during the trial, and they never ran. <laughs> so he was Try like, it, he's buddy. like, go ahead. Yeah. Um, Judge Chris Jansen oversaw the trial. They were found guilty. Franz was given three life sentences with no parole. Mm-hmm. And Thien's was given one life sentence with no parole for 25 years. I'm assuming that's because Franz had the previous rape charges. Not exactly sure. Uh, Judge Jansen said that he wanted his sentences to be typed and put in their records with notes plain as day saying that he believed them to be a threat to society and he never wanted them to be released. Good. And he said that that was the one and only time he ever did that. Wow. There was no death penalty in South Africa at the time, but he said that if there if that had been an option, he probably would have enforced yeah. it or imposed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Franz's father couldn't emotionally handle what his son inst- had oh, done, God. so he ended up taking his own life two oh, years later. Man. So I'm saying, like this, it doesn't just, it's a ripple effect. Yeah. Ripple effect. It affects so many people. Allison later struggled with depression, but she said she just had to tell herself, basically, you chose life then, you have to choose life now and stop letting them control you. Yeah. She became a worldwide motivational speaker and author, as I mentioned before. She said, quote, you can't always control what happens in your life, but you can always control what we do with what happens in our lives. Right. Which is very true. We say it all the time. Oh, yeah. Control how you react. Mm Mm-hmm. You are responsible for your own reactions. Yes. And actions. And actions, yes. <laughs> um, at one point, I want to say it was in 2015-ish, <laughs> she saw in the newspaper that they may be up for parole. Oh my gosh. At that time, she gets a letter from a woman in America whose daughter was engaged to Franz while he's in prison. She asked Allison to help her. Help her what? I guess get Franz out of jail. What? 
you want his victim that he tried to kill to help you? And why are you even engaged to this dude? And apparently he had an active Facebook account. Like, he had access to Facebook. What? Yeah, weird. Oh, I bet there were all kinds of the weird people who are, like, admirers. Mm -hmm. Just like Chris Watts. Ugh. Anyways. Um, So Allison emailed authorities to let them know this is what's happening. And she asked them, you know, don't tell anyone it came from me. Because she was already freaking out, probably. Yeah. Her email was printed and given to Franz. Why? I don't know. By who? I don't know. Doesn't that make you mad? Mm Mm-hmm. So, sometime after this, Franz requested to give an interview with the people that created this documentary, but he had a couple demands. Mm Mm-hmm. First, he wanted a signed letter of forgiveness from Allison, and he wanted backdated profit shares from her book sales and motivational speaking. (laughs) Because, according to him... If it weren't for what he had done, she wouldn't have the, quote, success story she does now. Oh, my gosh. One, sir. <laughs> it's not a success story. It's a survival story. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. It is a motivational story. It's a story about a hero in her and a villain in you. Yeah. It's a story about her doing what she did with her life in spite of what you did. Not because... Yeah. Of what you did. You Thankful don't get to what you did. Only in a demented world would someone like him get praise and credit for what he did. Or by demented individuals. Yes. Not in any God-fearing people is it okay to do that. So you don't get credit for it. No. no. You don't get to share it. No. Because I, I brutally do. attacked you. Because me and my buddy disemboweled you. Almost decapitated you. Stabbed you 50-something in excess of 50 times. Left you for dead. You're Mm-mm. welcome. <laughs> now you have a book. And now you get to travel the world. Inspiring people. Mm. Screw you, dude. Do you think he was in the documentary? No. No, he wasn't. No. <laughs> Request no. not. Yeah. <laughs> um, Allison went on to have two children... She had two boys, healthy pregnancies. Oh, my gosh. The assisting doctor during the birth of her second boy was Tion. What? Because after helping her, after her attack, he decided he wanted to become a doctor. Oh, my gosh. And he was the assisting doctor. Isn't that awesome? That is amazing. amazing. Like, I have chills. Right? I know. I got chills, too. Silver lining. Thank you, Jesus. I wanted to end on, well, first, the documentary... I said it's called Allison. It's on Amazon Prime. The beginning of it says, A tale of monsters, miracles, and hope. And to end on a quote from Allison, she said, quote, Coping with this thing that happened to me, in a way, has given a dream to that little girl who didn't have one. Coping with the trauma, some days better than others, and being a mom. That's my wealth. End mm. quote. That's so sweet. So, mm. as far as I know, they've never gotten parole. Or when in in front of a pro board, it's got denied anytime they've tried to. So stay in there and find Jesus. Yes. Just stay in there. So yeah, that is the amazing story of Like I don't even know what to say. That's awesome. She is amazing. Yeah. And Tion became a doctor. Watching this documentary, it's like a movie. Yeah. You would not think somebody would do something like this, much less the victim of it survive and live to tell what happened to her. Yeah, that's insane. 
But telling she did, in, no telling cause... how many people that she has inspired to to come forward about what's happened to them. And mm-hmm. no telling how many people that may have heard her stories and then been in a situation similar to hers and decided to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm telling you, there's a song that I love. It's called Sea of Victory, but it says that you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Mm-hmm. So this exactly. horrible, horrible crime, you know, murder almost, along with the rest of it, and... He picks her up and he puts her together and he's like, go tell your story. Go inspire others. Go help. Mm-hmm. That's outside. It is amazing. Everybody needs to watch this documentary. It's on my list. Yes. Allison Bosa, you are awesome. Yeah. You are amazing. You are a fighter. You're an inspiration. You are all of the wonderful things. Yep. But yes. That's that a is good it. one. That is, the end. that is, now you know why I felt compelled to yeah. do this. We haven't done a survival one. Plenty of sad ones. Yeah. But we haven't done where one where somebody made it through something yeah. so horrific. So we needed that. Agreed. Yes. Can end on a really light note there. Yes, I mean, that's, that's what not... I wanted to do. <laughs> that's great. I'm happy. That makes me happy. Makes me happy too. Yeah, yeah. Um, send case suggestions, thoughts, theories, personal stories to our email. Yes. That is not a question. Our email. Send them to our email. <laughs> Join our Facebook group. Yes. Follow us on Instagram. Yes. Subscribe to the Patreon. Yes. Become a relative. Subscribe to the Patreon. Become a relative. Three little buckaroonies a month. Three little buckaroonies. Just 12 quarters. <laughs> right? Is that 12 quarters? 300 pennies. Yes. <laughs> 30 dimes. Yeah, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> There's only one more. 60 nickels. Did you say 10 dimes? I said 30 dimes. Oh, then yeah. Yeah. See? 60. Anyway. There's only one left. I had to throw it in there. My th- is hard. Do all of those things. Yes. Tell all of your bodies. Rate. Review. Like. Rate. Review. Follow. Share. Tell. Spread. Pass the word. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I Uh, think that's it. Yeah. Bye. We love you guys. We love you. Bye. 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 Goodbye.